It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. CJ Johnson, former Ole Miss defensive end linebacker, is joining me here shortly. So is Ben Brown, current Ole Miss offensive lineman, because Ole Miss opens fall camp on this Thursday, and he's coming up on the Modern Woman phone line. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes, and when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and fill it in 247 Sports. CJ, my friend, it's been a while. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I told the people on Tuesday's show that you're down in Florida. What are you doing? Uh, I'm a defensive coordinator uh, at American Heritage High School in Boca Del Rey. And uh, we just got practice opened up on Monday, and we're getting ready to go. See, I love it. I knew that. I wanted you to tell the people. You've been in the coaching game for a little while now, but getting back to Florida, you were a GA, I think under Kiffin at FAU, getting back to Florida, back in that area. You know that area well, but also being a coordinator, man. What scheme are you running? Uh, We're going to be a little multiple. We're going to do some, you know, a lot of stuff. Um, But the main thing is just going to make it simple for the kids. That's about all I can give you. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Are you tough on these kids, or do you have to coach them a little different than you were coached in Philadelphia? Uh, it's a little different, you know. We have we have a different dynamic. We have the best private school uh, in the state of Florida, and, and one of the best, you know, private schools in Palm Beach County. So, 
Um, we have a lot of kids that uh, per se will, will probably not go to the next level to play football, um, but yet the structure and a uh, great environment will help them be really successful in life. You've always been on a track to be a coordinator, man. As long as I've known you, you've been on a track to be a coordinator and coordinator. For on sure. This is like the most predictable sure. thing ever because you're basically coaching football at Ole Miss. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, my last few years there, for sure, I was definitely a coach out there on the field. Who was the biggest influence for you? Um, I would say um, the biggest influence probably for me would be my my older brother. Um, he uh, he went to he's one of the best players on our team. Uh, he's coming out of high school, and uh, he signed with Jackson State. Um, he actually was recruited by Bruce Johnson. I don't know if you remember Bruce. Oh yeah, Bruce. Um, Bruce. But he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was recruited by Bruce, and uh, he went down to Jackson State and had a few issues and. Uh, he wound up leaving ball and he had kids uh, while he was in high school, so he had to go out to work. But having said all that, um, just, you know, the way he approached the game and just how he always taught me the game, um, you know, I would say that's probably my biggest influence as far as being a teacher of the game. As far as what your scheme is going to look like, who was the biggest influence? Was it Dave Walmack? Who was it? Yeah, for sure. Um, no doubt. Um, because, you know, me playing in his system and, and some of the stuff that he did, it's you know, it's pretty simple and it translated to a lot of football. Um, one of the greatest lessons that I learned in this thing was in 2017, we were down at, uh, at FAU um, and the great Monty Kiffin. Uh, we were watching film and we were at Blitz. Uh, and uh, he said, what do you guys, he looked at me, he goes, what do you guys call this? And I was like, you know, I named the Blitz or whatever. And he goes, well, back Back in 1968, I was running the same thing. So um, I've tried to keep the same approach. Um, you know, if it's broke, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, so a lot of people that I've coached for, Cliff Collins, the defensive coordinator, um, when I was the D-line coach at uh, East Mississippi, at Holly, uh, was the defensive coordinator at East Mississippi when I was there in 2016. So it's just, it's a combination of all the people that I've been around, you know, Chris Kiffin and, uh, Dave Womack and, you know, other people that uh, just try to take a few things from everybody and, and kind of make it your own. So that's, that's the plan. I will say we've been friends for a while. My birthday's coming up. I'll be 35. And I already felt kind of old because my youngest is going to kindergarten starting today. But oh man, you now, down in Florida, defensive coordinator, every guy I talk to, like all my friends I've made covering – this team and now they're all a lot younger to me so it's not the same so like being friends with you and 40 brad it doesn't matter it's not the same way it's not gonna be like that because it can't be like that these are kids right Right. so now you've been down there you got your family you're coordinating as i always knew you would i do feel old this makes me feel old officially for sure yeah i I feel it all the times too um you know i I follow some of my coaches one of my my high school head coach teddy dice uh, he's the head coach at Ridgeland now. His son's a senior in high school, and I just remember him, you know, being out on the practice field with us, running around, you know, game days, wearing the jerseys and all that stuff. And now he's a senior in high school, you know, and go coach Freeze's kids and got a couple kids in college, and Coach Allen's got kids in college. So yeah, just you know, looking back and and seeing the you know the progression of all the relationships and the people that that were there in Oxford, it definitely makes you feel old for sure. You mentioned it. Football hasn't really changed all that much as far as the schemes. Now offense has changed, and everybody's running a wide-open spread offense. 
but the kids have changed more than anything. And the environment, the atmosphere, what college football is, what football is, period. Recruiting, the high school kids you're dealing with, it's different. What have you noticed has been the biggest difference about the high school athlete, the high school football player now compared to when you were coming out? Um, I would say, man, it's the kids. Um, the kids are changing. Um, you know, society is changing um, as a whole. There's some things that, you know, would have been accepted. You know, my young, my early playing days of high school and, and college and, and some of the stuff is just not acceptable now, the way you coach these kids, um, you know, and, you know, with social media and, and, you know, being, having followers and all that stuff and stars and rankings and all that stuff, like, we were ranked coming out of high school, but that stuff wasn't, you know, a big deal like it is now. You know, kids are chasing stars, chasing scholarships. Um, just the whole dynamic of, of, of the, the high school to to college transition and, and it's been, you know, a, a big change and especially on the coaching side of it. Um, so it's just, it's always changing, man. And, uh, you know, I, I use the saying all the time, either adapt or die, you know. Um, and the good ones are adapting and uh, the ones that, that didn't, you know, they're kind of slowly dying off. So it's just, you know, the coach, you got to be able to adapt and, and be able to build a relationship with, you know, the modern day kid. And also, you know, the, the players, they have to, you know, be coached different, you know, and that's okay. That's not to say that, you know, the game's bad or anything like that, or the kids are worse or whatever. Um, it's just, you know, society's changing, the game's changing, and, you know, people have to, you know, follow suit. My guy, you are a five-star and the first or second ranked player in Mississippi, you knew that too coming out. Come on now, come on. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I knew it, but I like, I, I did, it wasn't like you know, five star linebacker Philadelphia, Mississippi in my Twitter bio, you know, yeah, or Instagram or, yeah. or or whatever, you know. So it's just like it's you know, it's a different different deal, different dynamic, and you know, we we kind of talked about this. I called you a couple of weeks ago uh, with the NLI stuff, and you know, now that dynamic you know, has been added, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a different sport. It's going to be a different game. Um, you're going to have to coach different, recruit different. Um, but I don't think, I don't think people is going to see the big dramatic shift that, that people are expecting. Yeah. When you and I were talking a couple of weeks ago, I was finding it hard to believe that Bryce Young really had made a million dollars, whatever it was that Nick Saban said he'd made. <laughs> and you straight up were like, no, but he, he made that. He made that. I'm like, oh, For convince sure. me. And then you kind of did and walked me through it. And you're right, man. When you think back to when y'all were coming out, you and Snoop and Tobias and all those guys that were coming out in that class and the clout you had, yep. how much money you could have yep. made off of all of that. Uh, you came out a little too early. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I, I think I, you know, I instantly go back when I'm having this conversation to, you know, 2014, you know, how many freaking, you know, endorsement deals with the Land Sharks and the, you know, college game day. Um, and all that stuff, like I, the dynamic just would have, it would have, you know, been a lot different. And then you look back, you know, and you think about guys like, you know, me and, you know, some other guys that had injuries like Tony Connor and those guys, you know, you'd have been able to kind of make your bread per se, um, you know, before the, the, the NFL thing kind of, you know, had taken place. So it, I think now it gives the borderline guys who, um, who have a chance to make it to the NFL who might be injured, but yet college favorites. Um, you know, it gives you a different, you know, perspective at the end of the year when, you know, you're rehabbing, trying to make a team after you've been cut, you've got kids, you know, and different things. You have these, you know, sources of revenue now um, that weren't available back then for you to be able to have money, save money, 
um, and all that stuff. But but yeah, it's um it's a it's a different deal, man. And I'm happy for the players. Um, they deserve it. You know, I think back to some of my teammates who you know came from single families. You know, four or five children, like you know having to spend some some scholarship money to send back home to help mom and all that stuff. You know, those those are the kids that are winning in this deal. Oh, that's the biggest thing. Because y'all were relying on those $1,200 stipends, and that's just not enough. Not for what y'all were doing. For sure. Yeah. You know, and and even then, even when I was a GA, you know, you think about the guys that are GA and coaching, you know, with the stipends being raised, you know, um, the stipends also raised. I don't think a lot of people know this, but if you're a GA, like a lot of these Power 5 schools, your stipend is what the player's stipends are, right? Because technically, you're still a student, um, but at the same time, you're working. So, um, I think it's good for, you know, coaches entry into the game and guys that are transitioning from playing to coaching, you know, you don't, you're not really struggling as bad as some people were, you know, a few years ago, as far as trying to GA and do stuff like that. And at the same time, be able to, you know, raise a family. So, you know, overall, um, it does more good than harm. Um, and so we'll just, we'll see how it plays out. Well, it does so much for football on and off the field. And I was talking to 40 sure. who I hadn't talked to in so long. And I was talking to you about this when he called me and he mentioned how his blocked extra point against Florida, how much money he could have made off of that. And the use sure. of his image and everything of that picture of him throwing yeah. up the guns when they beat Texas tech and Michael Crabtree yep. and that group, all that yep. kind of stuff, how much money he would have made. But the story he always told, he told on this podcast a long time ago, guys would get their stipend and you're right, send it back, you know, a lot of that money back home and also pocket as much yep. as they could. So they're going yep. and eating at Taco Bell and Wendy's and McDonald's. Uh -huh. And he said, you go into Jalen Walton's car or you name it. And there would just be wrapper upon wrapper from Taco Bell, all those fast food chains. Well, now you wonder why nutritionally, maybe Ole Miss wasn't as far out in front as maybe in Alabama or an LSU or For an Auburn, sure. those that were taking care of their players under the table, if you will. Nothing wrong with the NCAA is not the law. So good, get yours, man. But they were taking care right. of their players. Ole Miss does not have that, those type of resources. But now, yeah, Bryce Young's making a million, but other guys can make some money at Ole Miss that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to make if you go out there and you put it on tape. For sure. You know, and I – and I think about, you know, um, I seen the other day a coach made the statement you know, about, you know, it being hard to uh, recruit with Alabama. Um, when you think about it, um, and, and this year is, is a different dynamic, and, and, I, and I wish more people um, would talk about this. I've seen what Dabo um, and some of the coaches from the ACC put out a statement. I believe it was Monday, the Monday or Sunday. I'm pretty sure it was Monday. Um, but, you know, roster, you know, roster construction, you know, um, there's a lot of these guys that are coming back for the sixth year. Um, and then, you know, they're trying to introduce this year with another COVID year. Um, you know, it, it, it puts you as a coach in a really, really, really tough spot because you're, 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 you're technically having to go out on the road and recruit and you're very unsure about how many scholarships, um, that you'll have going forward. I know 20, I, think, I believe it's 2023, um, is the one that would be, you know, a really, really hard class for a lot of people to gauge. And just with the NLI and with, you know, constructing a roster with, you know, the extra years and all of that stuff, um, I think we're going to see a really, really big dynamic um, in college football this year. There'll be a lot of a lot of these power five schools um, you'll see make a huge jump um, between, you know, even last year and the year prior uh, up until this year, just because there's so many returning players. Um, coming back to the game. So, um, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge, dude. And, uh, 
you know, even with all the NLI stuff and players getting paid and, you know, money home, the parents and all this stuff for, you know, and a lot of people don't think about this, but how many more parents are going to be able to make more road games? Um, you know, that's a, that's, that's another different dynamic with the NLI. I know a lot of my teammates, um, and I'm talking about guys in state, not out of state parents, you know, didn't have the funds to travel, you know, so how much, how much of a, of a difference does this make? It just, again, man, it's a, it's a win-win for everybody involved, and uh, hopefully that the coaches can get this roster stuff figured out, and you know the NCAA can make a decision on whether they're gonna, you know, grant guys an extra year. Going to get right back to C.J. Johnson in this edition of Talk of Champions with Ben Brown, Ole Miss offensive lineman, coming up on the Modern Woodman phone line. After I tell you briefly about Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. Well, the NCAA is about to become irrelevant because the SEC is going to become so sure. big with Texas and Oklahoma and maybe yep. even expanding further. And then you're going to have another huge conference expansion with the Pac-12 and on and on to where they're going to look around and go, why in the world are we allowing an antiquated organization to police us when we can police ourselves? Why would we be paying these That's people right. to basically frustrate us every single year? And you make a really good point too about how freedom of movement, the players now have more power than they've ever had before. So if you're an Otis yeah. Reese and you were unhappy at Georgia, well, you're not making your money at Georgia. You don't really have a brand. It's all about the branding now. You go to Ole Miss, yeah. well, look at Otis Reese now. He's an arguably yeah. one of the faces of that defense, so he can certainly go out sure. and sell himself and make his money. So now as a coach, how you balance keeping guys happy, keeping them on the roster, or your depth getting rated – because these guys could jump from a Georgia or an Alabama, and not to say Ole Miss is lesser than Alabama and Georgia, but I think everybody would agree that Ole Miss is not Alabama, or it's not For necessarily sure. Georgia. It doesn't have the resources of that. Ole Miss is certainly competitive. Nope. It's got one of the top 15 coaches in the country. All that is true, but it doesn't have the resources of Alabama or Georgia. And Otis Reese goes from a Georgia, goes to an Ole Miss. Well, now it's a stupid and simple analogy and a cliched analogy. It's a small fish in a big pond to a big fish in a smaller pond. Yeah, and and again, talking about, you know, changing the dynamic, you know, that's another dynamic. Like, um, I look at, you know, Ohio State, um, there's a lot of, you know, upset coaches in the state of Texas. You know, I don't know if you've seen the five-star kid, he uh, foregone his senior season to, yeah. to early enroll in Ohio State. Like, that's going to be a thing now. You know, these kids that are coming out of high school like it was, it was, yeah, do a semester, um, and then we'll get you in January. And now I think – you're going to see more guys of so these high profile, you know, high school guys from states like Texas, California, um, you know, those, those uh, Florida, those type of places 
for these kids are going to forego their senior year um, and they're going to be able to uh, go to college and it's going to, you know, it's going to hurt some of these high school, high school football programs. Um, but, you know, Mississippi, they still have a long way to go. Um, you know, um, they're not a lot of our schools. They don't allow uh, early graduation. Um, so that's another dynamic uh, that the state has to deal with. And I'm pretty sure the same rules kind of apply to some of the the mid mid to smaller schools in the state of Alabama. Like, it's just hard, you know. So, um, again, it didn't, that definitely adds another dynamic to recruiting. And I think going forward, we'll see more kids. Um, going places that they've never uh, they never anticipated going before simply, you know, the money. Well, you touched on something that really hasn't been talked about enough, and it's those players that get injured that maybe they were on an NFL track and then completely derailed, like Kentrell, like yep. you. Kentrell was going to be a top two, three-round pick, but he was talked into staying when he probably would have been that yep. year coming out a third, fourth rounder, made his money, got yep. into a second contract, because it's all about – getting to that second contract. We've talked about that countless right. times. But yep. that second contract. That's right. So now this allows them protection, security that they otherwise didn't have. For many, is not only career-altering, but life-altering because football, especially for the top-end guys to get to that place where they're right there and then they get hurt, it changes everything because it completely changed for mm-hmm. 40. I mean, he felt aimless once he got cut from the Redskins. Yeah, or DT. So D, DT yeah. DT's another guy. Yeah. You know, like, um, DT, you know, he had terrible injuries, you know, bad timing injuries, but DT was a really, really good football player. And, uh, you know, um, I just look back, you know, at now, you know, he's more, you know, into the – I think he's, like, working out. He's doing, like, a really big thing in Chicago now with, like, some of the inner city kids. But, you know, he that, that's what he was born to do, um, you know. And had that guy been able to make money while he was in college, um, you know, maybe he could reach out to more kids, um, you know, and to, to change their life in the course and be a role model for a lot, a lot more kids and probably had a bigger platform. So, you know, um, I instantly think about guys like that. And again, it's going to be uh, going to be a different deal, man. And I'm, I'm excited for, for the players. I really am. Well, it's just wild because earlier this week, John Haynes, he transfers out. And in any other year prior to freedom of movement and the portal and the NIL stuff, that had been a big deal. Now, he wasn't going to play a big role for this defense this year. He wasn't. But that's a guy that started a lot of games for Ole Miss, and he's transferring a couple of days before fall camp. What was not that all that long ago, a big story, a big breaking story, a piece that you know, a name that you know, is leaving two days, three days before fall camp, barely makes a ripple. Because now we're just used yeah. to it. We're used to these guys. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, going when they want to yeah. go. And now your roster is not set until you kick off that season opener. And even then, sure. guys are going to back out or leave maybe halfway through the year, opt out, and go wherever they want to go if they're not playing. So from this point forward, you're going to have to cover from our end constant roster reshuffling. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. 
You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable, and my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network. The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. For sure. And I would just, I would, from like a coach's standpoint, I know there was some stuff over the summer with Nebraska with the um, with the McCaffrey kid transferring. People got to realize this, and um, and even coaches, they you have to, is that these kids that are going into the portal, uh, a lot of them are making really bad decisions. Okay, um, and a lot of these kids are leaving better situations to go to worse situations. Um, we've seen it happen tons and tons of times. Um, like I think if you look back, maybe there was just two weeks ago, there was over 1,600 kids um, in the portal. That just, you know, to me, half of those kids, over half of them, about 1,000 of them, um, are going to have no scholarship for the fall. They're going to have no housing for the fall. They're going to have no meal plans for the fall. Um, you're going to have to work, work out, and go to school and try to find yourself an opportunity in the summer. I mean, in the spring, when you left a place where you had meals, you had a scholarship, you had a rent, the scholarship check, you had a stipend, you had extra money, you had this, you had that, you got to work out at facilities, you didn't need a gym, you were coaching, you were getting coached, and all of that stuff. So I mean, you know, it's it's kind of it's it's you know it's it's a weird deal, man. You know, and I wish a lot more people would advise these kids to stay in some of these situations. Um, because just the other day there was a kid that um was at the University of Michigan. Uh, he wasn't playing a lot, and he wound up transferring, and he was sitting in the portal, and no one offered him a scholarship. So he had to work off fall, work out, and all that stuff, and, you know, he struggled to eat, struggled to live. Um, you know, just basic, you know, human rights, food, water, shelter, you know, all those things. Some of these kids are losing this stuff just for the sake of playing, and any parent or any guardian that's smart enough should understand and tell these kids, hey, you're in a good situation. At this point, we just got to make the best of it. Um, like Tate Martell is one that instantly comes to the top of my head. This kid's been to Ohio State, Texas A&M, um, Miami, and now he's going somewhere else to play this fall. Um, 
you know, I, like I just, I wish these kids would get better guidance. Um, and also I wish that there would be more rules in place for kids that aren't in the portal, but yet are thinking about the portal. How much, how many of these kids are being influenced by these colleges say, yeah, man, we got a scholarship for you. Go ahead and put your name in the portal and we, we'll get, we'll start to get the ball rolling. And then someone else comes in the portal that they like shut off from this kid. Now you pursue another kid. Now this kid's left dead in the water and he doesn't know, you know where to go. So I think from a, from an NCAA standpoint, there needs to be, I would say, more regulation um, as far as rules that needs to be put in place regarding the transfer portal. Or we either say, hey, no matter what, you get five years to play college football, then after that, you know, you're done. It's almost imperative, and it's almost on the schools to do it themselves, to hire a retirement planner of some kind. And it's not necessarily the retirement planner like a Thomas Chandler of Modern Woman so much as it's like someone who can help these kids along and help them understand what they're giving up and voluntarily giving it up if they enter the portal and they don't know where they're going. And social media exactly. plays a lot into all of this stuff because they go see these high-profile guys leave a spot and go somewhere else quickly, and they think that's how it is. What happened is that kid was contacted by that school and knew where he was going the minute he hit the portal. For example, to bring it back to Ole Miss, Jacquez Jones. We all knew he was going to Kentucky the minute he left Ole Miss. The John Summerall connection was obvious. They made contact with him. And it's kind of an understood thing. Everybody, every school, they tamper. And if you don't know where you're going once you hit the portal, that's where you get stuck. And a lot of these kids don't understand that you need to know. Because if you don't know, there's a better chance than not that you're going to get left out in the cold. And I know a number of Ole Miss kids right now that transferred out that didn't find anywhere to go. And now they're stuck. Yep. yep. Now they're stuck. And then what makes it even worse is that your kid that's stuck and you have junior college eligibility, a lot of these kids are not going to opt for the junior college route because it's like, okay, well, why opt for a junior college route, you know, when I can just sit down and wait or wait for something to happen and then somebody misses somebody in, in January or February or December and then now I have a chance to get a scholarship. So it's almost like a false these kids build this false narrative in their head, like, hey, I don't get a scholarship. Um, and then after that, it's like, well, okay, I'm going to get a scholarship somewhere else. And then you wait, and you wait, and you wait. And then you look up, and your clocks run out. You know, so, like, these kids just, I don't know, there needs to be more safeguards in place um, for this type of issue. Because they're doing this you know, voluntarily. Having... They're giving exactly. all of this up I... voluntarily. For sure. Like, it's not, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, it. I, I I translate it into um, it's almost like you have a job, right? In the real world, right? Let's say you're working at McDonald's or whatever, and uh, you fill out an application for Wendy's. You go on the interview, and then you quit Wendy's or you quit McDonald's, and then Wendy's never calls you back. Now you're stuck without a job. Um, you know, it just and it it, it makes no sense, um, and it's hard because again, you have a job, but you're thinking about leaving this job and taking another job for a job that's, that's not guaranteed. So, I don't know, it's a dicey situation, um, you know, and I, I would advise any kid, man, unless it's a, a situation where you're, you're, you're mentally, um, you, you, you know, you're mentally not in tune with the place um, or, you know, there's something physical going on that, you know, prohibits you from being able to do your job regardless of whatever it is as a player. 
Um, I think those should really be the only instances that a kid should think about transferring. I would I wouldn't tell my kid to transfer from Ole Miss simply because he's not playing, and then he goes to the University of Troy and he finishes out his career. Might even make it to the NFL. Yeah, that's great. Um, but ten years down the line, you know, uh, you're going to get a job, and uh, you have the University of Mississippi, a degree from the University of Mississippi, or a degree from the University of Troy. You know, like like that's a big difference. Um, you know, and not to say that uh, education from the University of Troy is not a good thing, or Troy University. I'm not sure how you say it, um, but just you know, there's a clear discrepancy. You know, um, within scholarships, like you know, getting a scholarship from the University of Michigan or getting a scholarship from from Jackson State. You know, those are two those are two very distinct you know degrees. And not again, not to say Jackson State is a bad degree, um, but just you know, it makes more sense to do it that way. It's also, again, like I said, on the schools to look out for the kids and to not let them make shitty decisions or just cost well, themselves. Like, well, yeah, like if a kid agree. approaches you, a coach or whoever, and says, look, I want to transfer out, I'm going to enter the portal. It's imperative for the school to explain to them. They don't have to. There's nothing obligating them to do this. There's nothing scholarship-wise, contractually, saying you have to do this, protect right. the kid, let them understand. But you need to be decent about it as a school because of what they're bringing in for you all the money and everything like that understanding yeah i might not like it that this kid is leaving but take the human element out of it and just look at it at what it, as what it is as lane kiffin recently said this is professional sports pretty much now it's kind of exactly what yeah. it is we could True. talk about semantically oh well it's not free agency it's the, it's free agency and players getting paid sure. is players getting paid period now it's all above board I mean, if a guy goes and he's getting paid by, I don't know, a car dealership, that used to be frowned upon by the NCAA. Now, Miles Brennan, he's recorded a video for right immediately when the uh, legislation passes to where, hey, I'm sponsored by John Smith Ford, right? But it's imperative that the schools say, look, do you know where you're going? Well, no. Then wait. Because if you don't know where you're going, this is what... The data shows this is what is happening to kids because a lot of kids don't know but, that. But as a coach, but as a coach, right? Um, you know, uh, recruiting a prospective uh, student athlete, like you would never do that. Um, you know, I get yeah, it's probably the moral the moral thing to do um, to not be crappy. You know, is and, all I'm and, saying. Yeah, for sure. But you know, I, if I'm a coach, um, you know, and I'm making five hundred thousand dollars a year. And getting this kid in, or getting a kid in better than him, is going to really dictate the outcome of my future. Um, as far as taking care of my family and my unemployment, right. then I'm going to yeah. I'm going to make the best the best decision you know that's available for one for our football team, and two for our our, our staff, right? Um, and so that's again that's another dynamic that you know we're having to deal with. Again, you want to keep all lines of communication open with every kid, no matter they're in the portal, coming out of high school. Um, or whatever, because you never know, right? You could tell this kid, hey, man, if you don't know, right, just stay where you're at. But, hey, man, if we don't, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, hey, if we spring and miss on this guy, (laughs) you're the next guy up, and I'm going to be on your phone, you know, every day for, like, the next two or three weeks. It's happening now. It happens every day. And uh, I'm not sure there's anything that can be put in place to to stop coaches from doing that. It's a business. It's a business. It's a business. It's always been a business, but now we can just call it what it is, what it's always been. Now it's 
now it's big business, right? right. It, yeah. it used to be used to be business, you know. Now it's big business. Like I, you know, I posted on social media when the news finally broke with Texas and Oklahoma. Like, if if anybody in their mind thinks that if you're an Oklahoma fan and you think that the university and the athletic department did this to uh, win SEC championships, then you're absolutely fooling yourself. Um, this was about money. This was about big money and big money and big business. Um, and that's why they did it. Um, and, I, and I was telling a guy, how many years do people think it would take? I have, I've had tons of people. Oh, in two or three years, Oklahoma will be competing for an SEC championship. I just, I, I have a hard time seeing, seeing, seeing that one happen. Um, regardless of where the division scenarios play out, whether, you know, the East pulled Alabama or, you know, Auburn or somebody else, regardless of where the lines are drawn, if there's an East and a West division um, in our conference, um, I, I just find it hard to believe that even with all the resources that both of them have, um, I just find it hard to believe that they'll walk in from day one competing for SEC championships in football. I mean, come on. Texas and Oklahoma had been negotiating that for so long. And ESPN was critical in that. And why? For sure. Because of money. It's obvious. And that's why it moves so quickly and why they'll be in the SEC sooner rather than later. And they're going to get out of their contract, even though they're going to have to pay in like $70 million. It won't matter because that's chump change for what they're going to mean as far as additions to the SEC. So it's big business. It is. Yeah, for sure. And I'll tell you this. It sucks for the players. Um, because if you if you play for the University of Alabama, um, I would hate to get on a plane for three and a half hours and, and fly to, I don't know, oh, what's the closest Austin. airport to yeah. Norman. Yeah. You know, you would fly somewhere, you know, maybe two hours out from from Norman, probably an hour away from your hotel, um, and then you have to play an 11 a.m. kickoff. You'd have to be up at around 5 a.m. Um, so if, if Oklahoma was playing a division game at home, and it's 11 a.m. kickoff. I think you can automatically drop a W for those guys because that's a lot of travel. Um, like especially if you know, something like Florida had to play them, or Georgia had to play them, or even freaking South Carolina had to play them. They're almost flying halfway across the country um, to play a football game. So, you know, from a competitive standpoint, it kind of makes sense. But they were complaining about having so many 11 a.m. kickoffs on ABC and the Big 12. I find it hard to believe that they're coming to our conference to play more eleven o'clock games. So that's something that I would say as a fan you would I would I would look at um once the, you know scheduling and all that stuff happens to see how many eleven o'clock kickoffs they have. Because if they have any, it's definitely gonna give them a clear cut advantage. Yeah, wait till you get a taste of that first eight PM kickoff. Yeah, uh, then then they're gonna hate it. You know, even when they have to go on the road and play an eight PM kickoff. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be brutal for them. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing for Texas having to, you know, go past the state of Alabama and play at eight a.m. You know, eight p.m. kickoff. Like, it's gonna be tough, and it's gonna be you know, it's gonna work both ways, no doubt. Um, but I think um, it definitely gives wherever they're playing um, the team that has to travel the farthest. It definitely gives them a more competitive advantage um, because you think about you know regular SEC without those guys. Yeah. At most, we would have to get on a plane and fly an hour. And if we did fly more than an hour, we're only doing it once because, you know, you only cross over twice. And one of our crossover games is going to automatically be Vanderbilt. So the other crossover game, if you had it at home, great. If you didn't, you probably had to travel a little longer. But I just – I think about Memphis 2015 with all the guys that are hurt and the way we started that game. We simply lost that game because it was 11 a.m. kickoff. 
100%. Hey, and why no Ole Miss went in and beat Tebow in Florida, the only loss for Florida that year? It was 11 a.m. Now, 11 Ole Miss was talented, but it was 11 a.m. 11 a.m. It, 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 makes, it makes a world of a difference, dude, because you have to be at the stadium three hours before kickoff. Right? That's every college football team in America. You're going to get to the stadium. They're going to do the bus routes, the escorts, all that stuff, the scheduling. It's going to be 2 a T. And like Ole Miss, when they play home games, by the time they walk through the Grove, the three-hour clock has literally started. When the last person comes out of that line and walks into that stadium, the three-hour clock literally starts. And then you go from there. And, uh, you know, if you got 11 a.m. kickoff, push you at the stadium at 8 a.m., T-minus probably an hour and 15 minutes for travel. I mean, you're looking at, you know, pregame meal, uh, walkthroughs, meetings, special teams, you're looking at, Wake up 5 a.m. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. Well, we're like 30 minutes into this, and I got to let you go. We haven't even talked about Ole Miss opening fall camp today. Give me your best fall camp story from college. Um. Oh, so, yeah. So, um, every year, I don't know if they still do it now, but the Mississippi Beef Association would, um, they would come and feed us steaks uh, the opening night before, uh, before pregame. And, uh, there's a lot of black people on every college football team everywhere. And so there were people that were working like extra hard. I think it was like steak, potatoes, and like maybe like green beans in a roll or something. These people are working hard, right? Pitmaster's sweating. He's got his apron on, all this stuff. And uh, they've worked really hard. They're feeding almost 140 people. And uh, I remember Coach, Coach Nutt getting up there and uh, he spoke. <laughs> this is the first time I've done this. And, uh, we start having these dudes. He start calling them up, like you know, guys by position to go up and get their food. And uh, we had about you know a couple. I think the O line or something like that went first, making a joke or whatever. You know, big boys got to eat, yada yada. And uh, so these dudes start getting these massive steaks. Like these are like porterhouse, like ribeyes, like huge, huge steaks. And uh, they would all, all of them are getting their steaks. They're going back to the tables, and uh, one of the guys was, "Hey, says I need some A one sauce." And the guy looks at him and he goes like, uh, I don't think we have that. Thankfully, um, the school catering people were close by, so they was able to get us some. But anyway, these dudes start cutting open these steaks, and they were like medium, uh, medium well, and like dudes were going nuts. Like, there's no way I'm going to eat this. It's bleeding. Like, it's, it's, like, it's bad, yada, yada. And so I'm like, <laughs> more for me. So I'm like, I'm grabbing steaks, like, left and right. I'm eating all this food. And, man, I got back to the dorm, and I was so sick. I was so sick. Um, the next morning we had practice, like the first day of, of fall camp. But like, I, I, I honestly don't know how I got through the day. I was so sick. But anyway, so if you're going to cater for a football team and you're going to feed them steaks, there's a lot of black people. Please make sure you have some well-done steaks or they're going to go absolutely nuts. And they did the same thing in New Orleans, by the way. When we went to the Sugar Bowl, we go to the steak place on Bourbon. And uh, they're rolling out all these steaks and stuff, you know, pre-cooked them and all that, feeding a lot of people. And uh, it got so bad that the, the head chef had to come out of the kitchen and says, guys, we do not have steak sauce. But what we do have, I think he said, like a house-made beurre blanc or something like that. And, like, these are like, what the heck is that? Like, I've never heard of that in my life. Like, and, like they were, like, leaving the food on the table, like getting, like, getting up and walking out. Like, some guys didn't even eat because – there was not enough well done steaks. Oh, I was not expecting that. And I think I made should, that story, but and I just for the no, and just for the record, you should never eat beef 
Thank you. My Never. wife gets it burnt. Never. It drives me insane. No. Insane. It's medium she rare. She might as well chew on a rubber band. Yes. Tell her to get a rubber band. Next time she wants a steak, just get like a band of rubber bands and just set them on the, on the plate. And just uh, that's dinner. I look at her with disgust because yeah, I go buy the meat. It's it great meat. Sense. I throw it on my grill knowing I got to burn it for her. And I want to cry because I'm like, golly, that was 30 bucks that I could have saved if it just burned a shoe or something for her. Yeah, and just to think of how good I would be being at this marketing thing, shout out to LB's Beat Market. You can go over there, <laughs> there you go. and get you, some, get you some really good steaks. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, there you go. You'd have made some money. Now, look, I know Dude, that I you're love not – LB's, I man. do too, man. And, and, and the people over there, I love the food, yeah. So, LB's, we, we need to talk. Before I let you go, obviously – Shout out to LB's. All day. Obviously, you're not going to be paying attention day-to-day to, day to <laughs> Ole Miss stuff in fall camp in the lead-up to the season. But for you – from an Ole Miss team that did what they did last year, looking ahead to Louisville, trying to improve upon that. What is this fall camp? What do they need to get done? Or, or in your opinion, what does Ole Miss need to see happen over the next couple of weeks to prepare and to take that leap? Uh, they got to get better on defense. Um, I think, you know, you look back to several games that they lost, uh, one right off the top of my head, the Florida game. Um, you know, uh, anytime your offense scores almost 50 points, you should win the game. Um, you know, and, and I think those defensive guys kind of take it personal. I think Coach is on the Rebel uh, Road Tour, and he kind of threw a joke at him. And uh, No, he's, at, he's out. He was in my hometown, Shelby County at the fair, and he goes, uh, hopefully we can stop somebody on defense this year. So those guys are watching. Uh, they're listening, and um, I think if we can turn the corner defensively, um, we're going to have a really, really good football team. Um, Coach Levy and Coach Kiffin are going to score a lot of points, um, and so we just have to score more points than the other team, and I think we'll see a lot of results. He's C.J. Johnson, former Ole Miss defensive end linebacker, good friend of the pod, good friend of me. Appreciate you, brother. We'll talk again. All right, bro. See you. Howdy, howdy. That was C.J. Johnson, former Ole Miss defensive end linebacker. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. Ben Brown, Ole Miss offensive lineman. He's coming up on the Modern Woman phone line in just a second, and we're going to talk all about Ole Miss opening fall camp today because C.J. and I didn't really talk about it all that much. That's all me and Ben Brown are going to talk about, I promise. If you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. We can be found wherever you get your podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions, and we're there. All right, for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and a field of 247 Sports, where you're going to be able to get all of your fall camp coverage. And then, of course, on into the season, just make sure you subscribe because it's the place to be. Before we jump to Ben Brown, let's hear from B&A Bank and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Oxford, Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer. The sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy. 
a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Chinese Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter going now to the Modern Woodman Phone Line to speak to Ben Brown, Ole Miss offensive lineman. Ole Miss starts fall camp on Thursday. Football is back. Ben, what's up, man? How you doing? Man, I'm doing great, Ben. Thank you all for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. Football is back. Like I mentioned, Ole Miss fans are fired up. How about as a player the night before, as we're recording this on a Wednesday, the night before, are you fired up? Are you kind of treating it like a little bit of a business kind of deal because it's coming up and you know the grind's coming for a month before you play a game? What's it like the night before for a player? Uh, you know, it's exciting, man. I mean, we haven't, you know, we haven't strapped up since... I mean, really, since Outback Ball, I mean, we had spring practice and everything, but, you know, it's go time now. So, you know, we're all excited. We're all fired up, kind of ready to go and, uh, you know, just get my mind right for fall camp and, you know, a long season ahead of us. So, I mean, we're all ready to go up here in Oxford. All right, so fall camp the first couple of weeks, having talked to a number of different players, former and current, the first couple of weeks of fall camp, there's always a lot of enthusiasm, but then the malaise sets in, right? You're like, oh, my God. We got to get a game right. going. We got to get a game here, man. <laughs> How do you avoid that? How do you kind of keep pushing through? What's the overall goal and I guess team approach to fall camp for you guys? You know, I mean, it gets tired hitting on the same guys, you know, every single day, you know, once you get to about week three, you kind of, oh man, you know, it's 95 plus degrees outside and hitting the same guys. But I mean, you just got to see the big picture, right? I mean, you got to look ahead and, you know, I mean, that game is really not that far ahead. I mean, we kick off against Louisville in, you know, almost less than a month. And I think it might be less than a month today. Um, so, I mean, that's no time. Um, if you if you think about it as a big picture, I mean, it's here. College football's here. I mean, we're about to get, you know, year two with Lane Kiffin fired up and ready to go. So, I mean, you know, we just got to see the big picture. And uh, I think everyone else does on the team right now. So, I think that's why we'll be a special group. And I know you're getting what you want. You're moving back to guard. Not that you didn't like center, but guard's your natural position. It's where you're going to play at the next level most likely. So moving back to guard, especially bringing in the center from Utah. What's his name? Let me look it up. Let me find Orlando Umana. Orlando. Yeah, look at me. See, I pulled it up quickly enough. Orlando Umana, he comes in. He's going to compete to start other guys. But you're getting to move back to guard. What's that mean to you to be able to move back to a position you're so comfortable with? Um, You know, like I've said before, I'm – you know, I'll play wherever the team needs me. You know, I mean, wherever I'm needed, I'll be there. Um, but I do feel more natural at right guard. So, you know, I am excited about that. Uh, 
but at the end of the day, you know, wherever the team needs me, I'll be. Um, but I'm just excited to at right guard right now. Yeah, so. come on, man. I know that's the right answer, but you wanted to move back to guard, Ben. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel more comfortable at right guard. Uh, absolutely. So. Yeah. Well, the offensive line, you had a lot of guys out in the spring, and losing Royce is a big deal. Jeremy moves out to right tackle. You have pretty much everybody else back as an offensive line group. What do y'all are trying to accomplish over the next couple of weeks? Uh, you know, I think that we're just, you know, trying to set the standard for the offense. You know, I mean, we've got the most players on the offense, you know, got a lot of key returners coming back. You know, I think it's just really just taking that next level as an offensive line. You know, I mean, with our starting group, I feel like we're confident in knowing what we're doing. But what can we do every day to separate ourselves, you know, from the rest of the country and the rest of the SEC in terms of offensive line play? So, uh, you know, I think we've got a really talented group coming back. You know, um, I think everyone's excited, uh, you know, ready to see how things will shake out after fall camp and all that. But I think our room's, you know, very talented. It can, we can go as far as we take ourselves. But, you know, at the end of the day, we, we still got to go out and do it, you know. I mean, that nothing will be handed to us. I mean, just because we've got a talented group, at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything. But, you know, I mean, I'd go to war with all these guys. You know, I mean, they're my brothers. And – you know, I'm I'm just excited to play one last year beside them. You know, I mean, I think we've got a special group of guys in our room. Yeah, what does that mean to you? Because you always wanted to play at Ole Miss. You're an Ole Miss legacy. We've covered that so many times before. We've written the story. We've talked about it on the podcast. I mean, that's a story that you've probably rehashed over and over and over. So we're not going to do that again. But it meant so much to you to be at Ole Miss, to be an Ole Miss Rebel, and now it's the final year. Has that kind of set in? What does that mean? What does that mean to you? You know, honestly, it hasn't set in yet. Um just all coming full circle so quickly. I'll tell you, I mean, my time truly has flown by here in Oxford. You know, I've loved every minute of it. I mean, I've been blessed to, you know, have some early playing time and, you know, leading up now to my fifth year. Um, yeah, I'm just, you know, just like every single year, just treating it, you know, like it's a blessing and special to me, you know. I mean, it doesn't matter which year it is. I mean, being almost football player is always a gift to me, so. Yeah, it's a big deal to you and obviously to every player that puts on the jersey. But it's also important when you're going to that draft eligible year. You were draft eligible last year, but now you know at the end of this year, whenever that is, it's the NFL preparation time for you. You're going to be realizing a dream that you've been pursuing since you were a kid. So what are you trying to put on tape this year? What are you trying to show maybe to NFL scouts as you head now into that year that it's the prove-it year in in many ways? Yeah, I just want to show everyone, you know, uh, that – you know, I'm all for Ole Miss, and, you know, I want to do my best for this team. You know, I mean, I just want to be a guy that my teammates can lean on and, you know, someone who gave my all for Ole Miss every single day that I walked into that building. So that's how I want to be remembered. Golly. That's why everybody thinks you're a big leader, man. You can't, you don't say anything like, oh, yeah, I'm about to get the bag, man. I'm about to get paid. No, it's – I want to be a leader. Do you kind of feel now, along with Matt, who's obviously a leader, he's the quarterback, but you're one of those guys that when you speak up, people are listening? Um, you know, I mean, absolutely as an older guy, you know, I feel like, you know, I have influence, uh, you know, in our offensive line room and, you know, in the locker room as well. But, you know, the great thing is that it's not just me. I mean, I've – our team has so many leaders on offense, defense, and special teams. I mean, Ben, it's crazy. I mean, we've got so many guys that are laser-focused right now and, you know, so many guys to, you know, hold the standard, so to speak, that, I mean, it, it makes my – sure, you know, it makes – everyone else's job easier, you know, having everyone, you know, 
that laser focus and having that many leaders in the locker room. I mean, it's, it's special. You don't always get that. Yeah, what is the confidence, the vibe like right now? Because you go 5-5 five and five in a 10-game All-SEC schedule. You beat Indiana in the Outback Bowl. Put it in perspective for Ole Miss fans that are probably thinking, God, man, this is a year that we can compete to go to Atlanta. Do y'all feel like that, too, that this could be a special year if y'all put the work in starting now? I really do, Ben. I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, nothing is ever guaranteed, you know, but I mean, this is a special group of men that, you know, I'm, I'm playing with right now. And, you know, we, we have high standards for ourselves, you know, in last season, I mean, I feel like we kind of surprised ourselves early on, especially with some of those games when we put up a lot of points against big opponents and, you know, our standard is that we're going to win every single football game and we're going to score a lot of points and make a lot of stops. And so when we didn't always win or we didn't always put up as many points, I mean, that wasn't our standard. So, I mean, there's just an expectation we're going to go out and do that. So I think that that expectation remains unchanged. I mean, I think that we've still had the same expectation as last year. However, I think we realize our potential. And if we play to our potential this year, I think our sky's the limit. I really do. Yeah, to reach that potential, obviously, defensively, there has to be improvement. Now, you didn't really get to practice against them in the spring. You haven't started practicing against them yet because, we're again, we're recording on a Wednesday. But looking at the defense now and seeing the talent that they've brought in, especially in the back end and the secondary, does it look different? Do you expect to see a significant jump from that group? I do. I mean, I saw them flying around this spring. I mean, I was more limited in practice uh, – but I, I feel like they had a lot more confidence this spring. And then uh, watching them, you know, and workouts this summer stuff, I mean, I feel like this is going to be a much more confident group than you saw last year. You know, and I think this this defense is really hungry to kind of change that narrative, so to speak, of uh, some of the negativity that they've received over the past years. Um, and I think this is just a team you're going to see that's, you know, hungry to win, you know. I, I think on offense and defense, so. Well, you got a new offensive line coach in Jake Thornton. What's it been like under him? Man, outstanding. Coach Thornton is has done a fantastic job with us. I mean, he's he's an elite technician. I mean, he he goes gets down to the nitty gritty with all of his details. So he's detail oriented. So I love that. I mean, that's helpful for me. And also, he's he's got great control over our room too. Um, I mean, I feel like everyone, you know, is completely bought into Coach Thornton and all of his coaching philosophies. So I mean, you know, we're ready to just get this thing going. Yeah. What is it like? when a move like that is made, the timing was strange, but when a move like that is made, is it pretty much a seamless deal because offensive line verbiage stays the same or is there a legitimate transition period that you have to go through to get used to a new guy? What's it like to go through that as a player? I mean, so we still have the same offense. So, I mean, majority of the things we do are the same. However, there are some like slightly different, you know, techniques that all offensive line coaches kind of have that are like their bread and butter. So, uh, I mean, that that took a little bit of time kind of getting adjusted to some of Coach Shorten's different techniques, but I think it's going to make us better ball players, And, uh, you know, I think it's going to, you know, help us shine even more. So, I mean, I'm I'm excited to uh, utilize all that uh, Coach Shorten's already taught me in this short amount of time for the fall. Every fall camp, you saw it with the Giants, right? There was a brawl out there. Right. There's always a story that somebody's got about fall camp because it's, one guy hits a guy late, and then everybody's coming in, or maybe there's some trash talk. Maybe there's a good fight. Give me your best fall camp story that you've had so far at Ole Miss. We, I've always, you know, there's always fights and stuff like that. I mean, that's just that's gonna <laughs> part happen of it because you mean it's, it's a bunch of guys, you know, that's hot, tired, you know, hitting the same guy. 
Um, I guess for a story, maybe like a wake-up call, I guess, for me from high school, Ben, to, oh, dang, this is the SEC, was probably uh, our first day of full pads, so 2017. I had to uh, – Breland Speaks was at three technique. He was at defensive tackle, and I was at guard. And I tried blocking him, and that dude just, like, literally just, like, bulldozed me backwards and, like, threw me to the ground. And, uh, you know, I never had that happen to me before. I mean, I played, you know, smaller private school league football. I mean, that didn't really happen that much. It didn't happen as much to me back then. So when that happened to me, you know, I was on my back, jumped up. You know, Coach Luke was yelling at me to get my butt off the ground, older guys saying stuff. I was just like, man. This is really the SEC. <laughs> this is really how good players are. So that was, uh, I'd say that was definitely a wake-up call, man, for sure. Going to jump right back to Ben Brown, Ole Miss offensive lineman, in this edition of Talk of Champions, after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Finally, at long last, Oxford is getting back to normal. The sun is shining. Those dreary winter months, they're behind us. Better yet you actually get to experience Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What a world. What better way to get there than in a new car, truck, or Jeep? The only place to go for your next vehicle is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. They'll take care of you. And I know, because I've bought a car there myself. And the experience was too easy. Seamless, even. Their only goal is to get you in the vehicle you've always wanted at a good price. So reach out today, don't wait. Give them a call, 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's 2201 East University Avenue, just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Sheep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. All right, now fifth year Ben Brown giving advice to guys that are about to go through that, what you went through, getting put on their butt by Breland Speaks, getting that wake-up call like, oh, crap, this is what the SEC is. What kind of advice would you give to the new guys? They're going to come in, and they're going to want to make a name for themselves, and they're going to get humbled pretty quickly before they settle in and make an impact. What advice would you give to them about how to approach fall camp and also their first season? What's it going to be like for them? Yeah, man, I guess the best key of advice that I could give someone who was in the same shoes as me, I mean, you're going to get knocked down. <laughs> it's going to happen. There's going to be days where you're not going to want to come into practice. You're not going to want to come for that extra film. You're tired. Your legs are dead. You're cramping up. You know, I mean, the only thing that's pushing you to get there is, you know, yourself. But I'd, I'd say, you know, I mean, just get back up. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's easier said than done, but just get back up. I mean, if you have Breland Speaks, who's a, you know, fifth year senior, he's driving you into the dirt get back up. I mean, what else can you do? You know, I mean, are you just going to sit there and quit? No, get back up and do it. Line up again. Even if you know you're going to be beat, line up again and do it over and over again. Cause I promise if your reward is not on the football field, it'll make you a better person in life. I guarantee you that. Anybody impressed you in the off season so far? Jalen Cunningham's lost a bunch of weight. He's a vet. Anybody yeah. freshman newcomer or even returning guys really stood out to you in the off season that people need to be watching for in fall camp. I mean, I, I would say Jalen Cunningham. I mean, he's lost a, a lot of a lot of weight, and uh, Cedric as well. Uh, you know, he's he's added on like 15 pounds of muscle as well. Cedric Melton. Um, I mean, he looks he looks great. He looks like he's uh, you know getting ready for SEC ball and uh, ready to play and contribute. So I mean, he's he's looking good. So uh, I mean, all of our younger guys. I mean, they're they're kind of 
we're kind of letting them know early on, you know, everyone has to be ready to play. Um, you know, I mean, same as last year. I mean, I know it's not really a COVID season, but I mean, you could always still get, you know, someone who could pop it at any time. So, I mean, it's, you know, still kind of the same kind of mindset. I mean, everyone in the room's got to be ready, you know. I mean, you can't ever be, you know, safe enough, so to speak. So, I mean, obviously last year with the COVID stuff, really everything shutting down and then all the protocols that you had to go through and everything like that, it was tough. It was different. It wasn't normal at all. Now it's more back to normal in terms of operationally for you guys. What does that mean? I'd say there's probably less distractions now that now that we can kind of have some normalcy to ourselves, I'd say there's probably less distractions. I feel like also there's probably, you know, less fear of the unknown and a little bit more stability. I mean, this time last year, I remember, or around this time last year, I remember uh, Big Ten said they weren't going to play, Big 12 said they weren't going to play. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty with the 2020 football season, you know. I mean, but same thing is, you know, I mean, we kept getting knocked down with, stuff like that but I mean we kept getting back up kept practicing even though if we didn't know we'd have a season and look I mean we were able to go to the Outback Bowl and you know finish at 500 for the season um but now I feel like we can really just focus on this football season not have a lot of outside noise bothering us yeah and one thing is y'all really didn't get to know Lane until he coached y'all in August practices and then throughout the season so now you've been with him for well over a year who is Lane Kiffin? Because we only see Lane Kiffin at a distance, right? We get him media. He's totally different with us. He's totally different with fans. What is he like in terms of in the locker room, day-to-day? What is Lane Kiffin like? I'd say Lane Kiffin is is a uh, professional. I mean, he knows what it takes to win. He knows how to get his players ready. But he also he takes care of us, too, right? So, I mean, during the season, I mean, we'll, have, we'll hit it hard Tuesday and Wednesday. And then Thursday would be like a walkthrough day to get our legs back. And then Friday, we call it Fast Friday, wearing helmet and shoulder pads. And we're, you know, we're running, going as fast as we can, running plays up and down the field. But, I mean, only so many, and we're not even hitting guys, really. So, I mean, he he truthfully knows how to, you know, do it right by us, by the players, having us ready to play at our best each Saturday. So, I mean, I feel like it reflects off our play as well. So I know you've thought about this before. Where you started – and where this program was to where it is now and how far it's come and you being a big integral part of that. How gratifying is that for you to know where this program was and see where it is now? I mean, man, words can't even describe it. I mean, my, uh, my senior season of football, um, you know, all the notice of infractions came out and all that stuff. And so there's uncertainty signing then. And, you know, uh, Freeze getting fired and Coach Luke taking over. But I feel like we're just – we're trending in the right direction. And I feel like that brand of Ole Miss football that, you know, fans came accustomed to, you know, about 2013-14, I feel, I feel like that's kind of coming back. I feel like there's some genuine excitement inside and outside the locker room with Ole Miss football right now. I mean, you know, Oxford – the word Oxford's buzzing all over social media. I mean, Oxford, you know – got listed as like the number one college town the other day and number one food spot too. So good for people like me. <laughs> but I just feel like there's just genuine, genuine excitement, you know, for this football season. I mean, fans can tell, players can tell, coaches can tell. We just have to go out there and execute and do it and get back up. The last time you're on this podcast was January. And I ask you this question, I'll ask it to you again. Is Matt Corral a Heisman candidate entering the year? 1,000% yes, but he would not ever say that for himself. Because that's rat poison. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's no, true. Uh, yeah, rat poison. That's the I mean, thing. It's caught on. The rat poison deal is caught on. And Matt's actually, he's always been a very confident guy. That's the best way to put it. But he's really taken to not giving anything publicly that could be used against him. Just go out there and do it. And I think that shows the most growth of Matt Corral. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Matt, how you can tell, I mean, Matt is just such a mature leader. I mean, he's confident, yet he's humble as well. So, like, Matt is confident that he knows that he can win us a football game, but Matt doesn't have to go out on Twitter and tell everyone that he's going to do that. You know what I mean? All right, well, it's Ben Brown. I'm fired up. Okay, I know Ole Miss fans are fired up too. So, hey, man, best of luck with fall camp. Get through it about two weeks in. I know the malaise is going to set in. You're going to go, oh, God, just give me a game. But enjoy. Hey, <laughs> looking forward to Atlanta also. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this. Looking forward to playing Louisville in Atlanta, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game, knowing that all of college football will be paying attention on that Monday. What is that like for you guys? Unbelievable opportunity, man. Just another opportunity to, you know, showcase to the world what Ole Miss football is. So, you know, I'm fired up, ready to go. Well, go take care of business, man. Thanks for doing this, and we'll talk again. Absolutely. Thank you, Ben. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.